Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the 2nd of September, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. He didn't crash into a tree or uh, fall off the side of a mountain. Um, thank goodness. Welcome back, Dave. <laughs> well, thanks. It's good to be back. Um, and, well, I, uh, I left the I, I left the uh, the listeners uh, in, 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 in a weird place last week with you barreling down the side of a mountain on a bike, and that's that's pretty much all I told them, eh? Right? Because I figured that their imaginations are, are better than the description I could have given. So, yeah, yeah, probably about right. Um, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great time, and uh, my brother came up for a couple of the days, so got to uh, got to hang out with him and do some biking as well, because he also does uh, does biking. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great time off and uh, ready to be back. I'm glad you had it and glad you got time in before summer's done because at least in Canada, where we have really short summers, uh, Labor Day, um, uh, the first Monday in the month of September, tends to mark the end of summer. And that's when kids go back to school across Canada. And, you know, people start to take things fairly seriously after Labor Day. And, um it just sort of it's it's almost like a rhythm in the webmaster's uh, calendar. Uh, mm-hmm. Things get and then it's like this across all of North America. Things get a little bit squirrely towards the end of August as people try to get the vacation in while the warm months are still there. And um, sometimes we call it silly season. Um, and sometimes you know when, when people are away, things happen. Um, <laughs> Anyway, first off, I'm glad you and Mary got some time off. You you guys really needed it. You've been you've been uh, pushing hard the last year, and uh, congratulations on it. But more importantly, congratulations on the on getting a vacation in. Okay, so while you were gone, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Google lost some data on the uh, Monday. The um, 23rd and Tuesday the 24th of August and uh the data's gone Dave it's 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 just gone um it's gone like there's no other way to explain it um performance data in Google search console uh vanished this is the um clicks impressions click through rate and sort of the average uh position that uh your your pages or keywords might find themselves uh measured against most importantly for SEOs, that's the only keyword data that you get on any given page or site. And, you know, Search Console gives you quite a bit of information, but unless you're looking at it for August the 23rd or 24th, in which case it's gone. Dave, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, it, it caused, I almost wish it had been completely gone, like down to zero kind of thing, but it just got dramatically crippled. Um, and then on around the, I don't know, like I was, I was sort of on holiday, so I wasn't checking everything as much. <laughs> and so I sort of showed up on the, on the, had to be the 25th, it must have been the 26th after, after all the data was there, popped into one of our clients. And that's sort of my starting point 
to see how traffic is going week on week. And you didn't, and you had no idea. I had no idea this was going on. So I jump in (laughs) and then before I'd even thought to check messages, I'm like messaging the client going, okay, is there something systemic? Like, did something go on? I've checked all their tags. I've checked, but I'm like, you can't put tags. But I'm like, oh, okay. Like, we're heading back into school. The client, like, the academics impact their traffic. Could it be something like this? Anyway, got them just a little bit panicked for a moment and then went and was like, did the first, did the thing I should have done first, which was check and make sure that the problem isn't Google's. <laughs> and then immediately messaged them going, Never mind, it's them, not you. Um, and uh, you know, verified that in their analytics. And I'm like, okay, the real traffic is, is still the same, but yeah, it, it the closest I got to a heart attack was not bombing down a mountain on a bike, it was checking search console. <laughs> oh my god, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious! I'm sorry, I mean, it's not hilarious, but it is hilarious. Oh, it is. Um, everything in hindsight is very funny if it didn't kill you, right? <laughs> like, Absolutely. So there's, it's not like there's a big smoky crater there. Google did record some data. And the weird thing is there's no discernible pattern. I've looked across four different clients and it's it's recorded some data here and some data there and some data there. But, you know, it's not like I could say 25% across the board was lost. Um, There's no telling. It seems to be different for every site. Um, but the bottom line is, is it's gone. Um, I have a couple of clients who rely on that kind of data. So I'm taking two approaches to it. I'm averaging out a month's worth of previous data on the corresponding days right. and putting that in the missing slot. And, I'm, and then, you know, of course, there's an asterisk beside it. And then I'm presenting the... Uh, numbers as Google Search Console presented them in a subsequent slide. I'm putting it in the back of reports. Um, I don't know. How, what are you doing about that? Like, is it, is that, is those couple of days really important? Um, for some clients it is, for some clients it's not. Um, but it, it's sort of one of those cases and just a reminder of things I've told to clients is all data is a lie. Um, <laughs> and, and like and it is, and I've, I'm sure I've said it on this show before, uh, this is just another another example of it. Um, for most of them, I haven't tried to repair for that one that, that led to the, the sort of problem or, or my realization of, and, and panic. Uh, I have tried to, to come up with as best I can um, extractions of, of information, but you know, I'd just be adding a lie to the data that Google's lying about now. I'd be adding my take on, on, on a lie. So like you, jam in some some notes and just sort of like make sure that next year when I compare my year over year traffic um, that I remember, oh, this is there. Because next year, when we compare our year over year traffic, we're going to look like we're magically up by more than we are because <laughs> there's actually this missing data in there. So well, um, for what it's worth, Google has made an automatic annotation in uh, Search Console on the, on the date of the 23rd. It the annotation leads to a uh, two-sentence explanation um, in uh, in their uh, Google Search Console bug report. Oops, we and, did it again. Yeah, yeah. Oops, we did it again. Report. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, John Mueller reported uh, a couple of days ago. It is gone. Don't don't expect okay. that data to come back. And even if it, even if Google could replace it. They're hesitant to because they'd be screwing around with uh, 
with keyword reports and they don't want to do that. Right. And, and, you know, I, I appreciate that side of things to just go, if we make it kind of look fixed, but it's still broken. Yeah. Now we're almost worse. Now it's just clearly broken. So. Yeah. So there you go. It's a, the, that saga is uh, over. Deal with it as you will. Um, so there. <laughs> The new saga. We're gonna. By the way, this is, there's an even an even cooler one that that I think you cued in to uh, while you were away. The uh, great the great Google title swap, but uh, <laughs> this one will piss you off even more. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean it's 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 the beginning of September. What, 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 how are you supposed to feel? Okay, so Google makes Chrome the browser. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chrome is constantly updating its browser and therefore has to test new versions before they release them into the wild, into into the environment that we live in. Glenn Gabe, SEO Glenn Gabe, is a tester of, uh, a beta tester um, uh, for Chrome. Hmm. And he's testing a version of Chrome that has a feature called continuous search. Now this is this, this is. I'm glad you're sitting down for this. I can I can see in the video here that you're sitting down because you're going to want to leap up and be so so. Put your seatbelt on. This 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 might tick you off. The beta of the new version of Chrome reportedly displays search results in a scroll across the top of the browser. So you've gone to Google, you've clicked on a result, you're on that page, but across the top of your browser, there's a continuous scroll of alternative search results so your competitor's result might come up while a visitor is 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 tracking across your clients pages um glenn's uh, version that was printed in se roundtable or noted in se roundtable showed a screenshot of uh him visiting uh dick sports website uh, a golf page on the dick's sporting goods website just above the header, which contained the Dick Sporting Goods logo, is a Google ad for the best men's golf shoes at golfdigest.com. So you've achieved this placement. You've achieved this productive click. You are converting like mad for your client because you've done your job well as an SEO. And uh, across the top, a Chiron that Google has inserted, no control you have. Chiron across the top gives them an alternative search result. Yay, huh? <laughs> Big breath. Um, now, okay, this is the first time hearing about this. So um, I don't even know what to say about that. That's that's absolutely like I, I for retailers to not only have to compete with like honey extensions and things like that they're already going to drop their prices down and give them access to some some additional places uh, to now have to compete in in that range yeah. realm is 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 horrible now on the other side okay as, as somebody who also does a little paid that's that's all right right like anyway you can squeeze your way in there um but i do wonder like at the end of the day it's going to be what a user's like and i do think about the experience as heavily diminished um you know by having these these ads up at up at the top like there's already enough going on i think in a lot of places for most people um what's going to be really interesting if they do push this though will be seeing the people 
who build scripts, um, like the developers going, all right, well, we'll just make that go away. Like, you know, they will, and they can. <laughs> you sort of like override the browser um, and, and sort of like force that through, uh, like to force it to disappear, but it, it won't work uh, for all. Apparently, Google's beta version gives the browser user the ability to uh, limit or remove um, ads that are coming across the top of the screen, but it doesn't give the webmaster, the person who uh, you can't toggle something in Google Search Console saying, don't screw up my site. Or no, but I wonder if they're like vibe. if they if they have to stash it in a div or if they have to. No, no, you're right because they're not overlaying it. Over the, okay, I'll talk to a couple developers that I know. Once I, I'm going to have to talk to Glenn first and see how I can get like a uh, <laughs> okay. what's going on there. See what's see what we can do. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. Actually, the user would have to user would have to do it. I'm like, yeah, they they wouldn't have to overlay anything into the site that I could control with scripts. So. Um, Webmasters want ways to tell Google not to mess with their site, Um, whether it comes to changing the title tag, changing the description tag. Uh, Google will grab a snippet um, off of your uh, out of your body content. um, But you wrote that description tag specifically as marketing text. And Google Google replaces it like I understand that Google might be finding better descriptive content because let's face it most people aren't very good writers but uh, nevertheless that was their intention that they put into the stuff that they're they're presenting to the world um i don't know just just 10 15 years later it still seems screwy that google does that yeah yep that's about (laughs) all i have to say about that Yep. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about this a lot more. We're going to have to go to break any second now. But before we jump in, this just, just killed me. I saw this. Google is now warning webmasters to not necessarily go out their title tags to the ones that Google went and replaced them with. Because as John Mueller notes, we mightn't have got it right. So two things here. Like, Dave, people are actually looking at the new title tag that Google's applying to their web page and then going, into their code and changing the titles to match what Google put there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's, that's, I just, I couldn't believe that when I read that. Yeah. And, and for any of our listeners who, who might be thinking of doing that, let me take you back a couple days in the life of Dave. Um, I happened to be heading over to Google and I was looking up Google ads um, and Google themselves had changed their own title tag. So when I found Google ads in the result, because I just Googled Google ads to go to Google ads rather than put it into the browser bar, um, they had pulled not an H1, but they had pulled a paragraph tag of some sample ad copy off their own page. And Google's title tag for Google ads as a query was a modern Canadian approach to furniture and home. So if you think you should be copying Google, that's about how good they are at this stage of the game. I understand the instinct, however, of going, this is what Google finds relevant. But another thing I think we all need to remember is this is what Google found to be the most relevant thing for that query. Now, I've just given an example of where they were just completely out to lunch. I don't even know what they were thinking there. But the the idea I think Google's going with, we can argue whether they should be or not, but is we can create a different title tag for each different query type because there's 
there's going to be different query types. You know, you, you look at like their developments and with mum and stuff like that. It's, it's, they're trying to extract, you know, or passage um, ranking, right? Like trying to extract pieces and then go, oh, okay, we should be changing the titles and things like that to, to match this new query for this, for this subset. I understand that instinct. I think we've even touched on it before in previous episodes, um, but they're trying to do it on a case by case. If you now change it to that, you fit that one case, but there's, you're probably going to be hoping to rank your page for a variety of different queries. There you go. Um, so that's, that's where it all sort of falls down. Yep. That's, that's exactly it. I could, I got, again, I couldn't believe it when I read it, but it's silly season, right? You know, it's the end of the summer. Such things will happen yep. on that. On that, we were, we we're pushing time here. We got to take a break. Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Friends, you are listening to Webcology on WMR. This was recorded live to podcast on uh, the 2nd of September. <laughs> 2nd of September, 2021. Summer is really, honest to goodness, almost gone. Get out there and enjoy it while you can. In the meantime, groove to these commercials. Back after these messages. <laughs> Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 2nd of September, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing. And before we went into break, we were uh, just groaning over Google and title tags and the groanable stuff that Google's doing with title tags. And if you want to, if you're really mad about it, there's not a lot of stuff you can do about it. We, we may have something to fix that in a, in, in a few moments, but you can complain. People love complaining. And so far, 82 people have responded to a complaint form that uh, John Mueller started over at uh, 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 Google Webmaster Forums. Um, if you got a problem with the way Google is uh, producing titles, especially if you can find proof like Dave did um, with great Canadian furniture or modern Canadian <laughs> furniture selling Google ads, let them know over at, um, at the Google complaint file. Although chances are you're actually helping them train the artificial intelligence <laughs> to rewrite your rewrite your copy even more. So, um, if only, if only there was something people could do, Dave. What do you think? Well, there. I think there is something that people can do. Um, now, I mean, this isn't so much a case of, and here's how you can force it. Other than if you're writing really good titles and descriptions then that's what they're going to show for your query. So if you, if you, if you have the best possible version, um, but something that occurs to me, um, one of my developers and I have been working together on, on a tool completely not for, for this purpose and anybody can do it. I just want a tool to do it automated for me um, to pull from search console, my click-through rate data, and then tell me which query types I have a higher click-through rate 
that I should based on my position, right? Like just average position, click-through rate based on position data, right? Like just looking, going, mm -hmm. here's your cluster of keywords that you are higher or lower than we would have anticipated so that I can look at them. Now, if you've gotten, there's, there's a few tools out there that are already crawling for title changes on all of these queries, right? That are going, here's the title as it's appearing. If you started to actually look at those and go, when, when is my click-through rate, like in Search Console, when is my click-through rate improving? And if you can compare that with the metrics of, When's Google buggering about with your titles? You could start to actually extract from that some very interesting conversion and, and click-through rate information. It wouldn't help your rankings, but if you went, oh, okay, my, my click-through rate actually just went up at this specific point in time. Google was testing this title because Google is pretty good. Like we, we rag on them for stuff like this, but I've used their like responsive text ads and stuff like that. They, they actually do a pretty good job most of the time. Most, not all though. Um, but if we start to see with their testing, can they improve my click-through rate? Okay, we might be able to actually take that information and start to extract it. So if we just keep a close eye on, on what's going on in, in Search Console and when our click-through rates um, are starting to change um, and compare that with, with some of the tools that allow us to monitor title tags uh, for those queries. Um, you could actually, you might get a lot of great insight on just here's how to write your, your titles that you can use on organic, um, but maybe carry forward into uh, to give you some uh, paid search ideas as well. Well, if... You can find a pattern to how Google or why Google is choosing to, ch to change page titles. Um, I think there's a, a lot of SEOs out there who would thank you for it. Originally, Google said it was going to happen one in 10 times, very, very infrequently. I've seen some studies out there, and I was looking for them just before we went to air. I saw them the other day. Um, that said, up 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 to seventy percent of the time, Google is actively changing titles. Um, so, Dave, if you can find a discernible pattern there, um, lots of people will thank you for it. Yeah. If not, they'll just learn to be better writers, which will right. also be you know thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, this was a, this is a, a cute little item. I, re, I actually really appreciated this. A little bit of insight into how John Mueller quickly problem solves. Um, to debug issues he finds that you know might be Google issues when he's looking at uh, someone's website. To debug the issue, he uses Bing. We knew they were good for something. Well, check this out. It, 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 it makes it makes it makes absolute sense when you when 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 you, when you look at it on paper. Google and Bing uh, crawl fairly similarly. Their algorithms are different, but they're doing relatively the same thing, um, following link from place to place to place. And they might judge the content they find there differently. They might read it differently or see it differently, whatever. But they're still functioning fundamentally the same way. A to B to C to D, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So if you watch a website over time, um, in, uh, in, 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 in both search engines, you can start to see behavior patterns. And if the website tends to behave the same way in both search engines, but it's ranking suddenly tanks, the problem is probably on the website. Mm -hmm. If on the other hand, the website is uh, cruising along in Bing, but it's cratered on Google, then the reason for the, for the, the, the ranking tanking is, uh, the rank tank that's the reason for the rank tank is uh probably um some googly explanation either google is doing something weird 
or Google has a criteria that Bing doesn't necessarily use to uh, 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 check pages, and that's caused a sudden decrease. More often than not, though, according to John, it's Google doing something weird if the page gets out of alignment on Google and Bing search engines. That makes sense, eh? It does. I mean, it sounds funny when it's like, as you were talking about it, I'm like, so basically, if they're different, it means it's Bing, it's Google, or it's your website, right? Like, <laughs> where like, as it was described, it's like, well, that doesn't really answer anything. Uh, like, John didn't really answer anything, because it could be anything. But I, I do like, having read the article, um, I do know that isn't the case. And it it, it makes sense as, as we would troubleshoot. It's like, I look at search console and then verify should have a little faster uh, a few days ago, verify that in analytics, right? Like you, you sort of verify trends. Um, it, it sounds like that's what he's looking for. Fortunately, John has a greater than average, and I mean average in the SEO space, insight into what Google's up to on a given day. So he would be able to very quickly go, okay, this is something that Google's doing because he would just know, ah, you know, back into the, you know, I'm sure he has access to like, did they just get a manual action? Right or something like that that he would be able to see far more more quickly um, than say uh, a website. Well, I guess a website owner would get the warning, but then I just looking at the site from the outside would, would be able to uh, be able to see. But anyway, I, I do think it's interesting, um, and it does give us some insight. Basically, telling us if you have a really good strong site, you should kind of be doing okay on both. There will always be differences, but you should kind of be doing okay on both. Um, yeah. And if you're not, then there's probably a weakness in your in your strategy. Now, the other thing that this tells me is, um, and, and this is corresponds with the story that, uh, that was, I think, in Search Engine Roundtable a few days ago, but 70 some odd percent of webmasters are not using big webmaster tools when they're uh, looking at the client websites. They're Just do it. We, we spend so much money on tools and then you miss one of the most powerful free tools you can Indeed. access. Just <laughs> Indeed. Um, so had they been doing that, it, they'd intuitively understand that as long as there's balance, the site's probably, you know, functioning properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and folks, if you're not using Bing Webmaster yeah. Tools, for goodness sake, do. I, I think people think of it as a search console for Bing, which in, in some ways it is. But folks, if you've never used it, the data that you get access to on the Bing side is outstanding and, and very helpful for optimizing just your site as a whole, regardless of, of engine. It, it's a, it's a fantastic tool um, and an, and an unsung hero in the SEO space, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Interesting segue. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta go with it. Speaking of unsung heroes, <laughs> what did you do for your 40th birthday? Do you remember? No, no, I don't. Well, that's Why? <laughs> probably, that, that probably means you had a really fun 40th birthday. <laughs> I spent my 40th birthday um, at a SES event in New York City, um, getting taken to lunch three times in one day and having, I have no idea how many drinks bought for me. It was, it was one of the most fun <laughs> days of my life. Michael Icon Smith. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I, I just screwed this story right, right, right down. Oh <laughs> no. I poll rank. 
and I just dropped Michael's last name. Michael. Oh, geez, Jim, how can you do this to me? Now I've got the wrong name stuck in my head. Okay. <laughs> Michael King. Michael. There we go. Sorry, I'm like, Michael oh my Icon God. King. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's a Canadian election happening, and I am very, very involved. And uh, anyway, Michael Icon King just turned 40. And for his birthday, he recorded an album, a rap album. Yeah. It was the unsung hero part. I thought it was a good segue. Anyway, uh, releasing an album for your 40th birthday is up there in one of the uh, iconic uh, ways to celebrate your birthday. And it happens to actually be the name of the the album, Iconic. Um, I'm pretty sure it's available on Spotify. It's certainly available... Um, at search in, through search engine journal, I'm pretty sure there's a link to, uh, to, to, to the album. So, uh, Mike icon King, happy 40th birthday and, uh, congratulations on the album. Yeah. No, and, and some of the, uh, like the, the pictures that he took for like his, his album and, and the release and stuff like that, like I saw a few of them on, on Twitter and I was like, okay, that, that looks pretty badass too. So. Yep. I am so sorry. I stepped all over that, uh, all over explaining the story too. <laughs> it happens. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure our, our, our listeners hopefully are, are patient with us. We try and do good most of the time. Um, where would you like to go now? I guess we've, we have time for a few more stories. Before the, we got, to, before yeah, the we got time for one more for sure before we got to grab a break. And uh, this one is, is uh, Twitter. Twitter has announced a new program for uh, ways to monetize your following. I guess they kind of saw, I, for some reason, I can't help but throw this in with the OnlyFans Sega. Mm. Um, for listeners who weren't aware, OnlyFans cut off all adult uh, contributors about two weeks ago, or said they were going because they couldn't get a bank to... Um, guarantee the guarantee uh, cash transfers. The outrage in the OnlyFans community and the reaction was staggering in its in its size and OnlyFans reversed itself uh, early last week and is again um, allowing adult content as a feature at OnlyFans. Okay, flash ahead to Twitter. Now, Twitter doesn't allow um, overt adult content um, in its feeds, and it tries it tries to go after the when after after adult content when it's reported in in its uh, free feeds. But cur- Twitter has introduced something called Twitter Super Followers, in which it is allowing a select group of creators, which in case you can read American residents, to charge a three dollar premium to exchange super special inspirations with their followers. It's currently available to American users only, although Canadians can subscribe to uh, pay for channels. Um, and they're going to expand it to the world sometime in the next month. Um, if you were a super follower creator, you got to be 18 years or older. You got to have uh, 10,000 or more active followers. You have to have been active for at least three months with uh, 25 or so tweets posted in the previous month. 
you have to have a completely tricked out Twitter profile. Like it's got to be totally complete. You have to have a verifiable email, email address and be double authenticated for account security purposes. And if you got all of that, Matt, you can charge $3 for premium tweets. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be used for porn, Dave, because most people on Twitter are more polite than that. Um, actually, actually, I shouldn't say porn is impolite, but I can see people on Twitter tend not to be. Um, but yeah, this, Twitter is monetize is found this way to monetize its content for creators. What do you think? Is it going to fly or? I I don't think it will, but I don't think it's a bad idea, right? Like I I think it's 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 a fine idea to give an attempt at. Um, I don't see that space really doing it um now one like it's not like if if you know tiktok does that i'd be like yep that absolutely makes sense that absolutely will work um even instagram could probably pull something like that off i can't just see that i can't see something like that working on twitter i i may be wrong because when twitter first launched i was like nah, i don't think this is a thing right so like my insights into twitter <laughs> are not necessarily like you know bulletproof but um i i, I can't quite see how i use twitter um, how that uh, how that might might resonate with with the audience and whether I would actually care enough to to pay for some tweets that are behind knowing that there's a fire hose of other tweets right behind that one that I might be missing. In, indeed. Now, now for listeners' sake, I'm the one who equated this program to the adult industry. Uh, the Twitter itself didn't. Yes. Okay, but I honestly I can't see how else it's going to be used, and in the weirdest way. Uh, I could almost see the joke at Twitter becoming well, I wasn't there for the 240 words anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I, I don't think it's going to fly for long either. I think um, Twitter is trying to jump in on other people's monetization strategies. And, um, uh, but, but at the same time, maybe Neil deGrasse Tyson um, has some pretty deep dives into uh, physics stuff that um, people would consider worth paying for. Who knows, eh? Well, indeed. And I can see industries like I can I can imagine industries where um, you, know, you would pay for faster access to information, um, you know. But at the same time, is that where I would go to get it? Um, you know, if Reddit was pulling the same thing off, I actually think it would fly better over over there than it will on on Twitter. Well, I you know I, I would agree with you, especially given that Reddit's all about Reddit allows for um, long form, where Twitter you have to create a thread of X number of tweets. You need ten tweets to get uh, uh, two hundred or twenty four hundred words. Um, is that how it works out? Yeah, yeah show me the so. money. <laughs> um, uh, uh, over on Reddit, on the other hand, uh, you know, you could put up a oh my god, could you imagine how much money they could make just in cheap memes alone? <laughs> yeah, you can have cheeseburger, lots and lots and lots of them. Um, okay, so that's going down. Um, I wonder if Google would consider that thin content or not, if that was all on a web page. Like if social media was a website instead of like this amorphous cloud of 
gas that it is. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Google would consider it, what Google would consider important or thin content, and the percentage of the percentage that would uh, develop some quality ratio that they look at. Right, like if Facebook relied on organic search for its traffic, how would it fare? Indeed, eh? <laughs> not well. I'm pretty sure not well. Um, if your content now, not that uh, content at Twitter is currently behind a paywall, but if Twitter were considered a real website, uh, not all content behind a paywall would be considered thin content. But what Google's doing, ranking that content out on an open search engine in the first place, is is, is um, Google. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I've caught them doing that a few times, eh? Like they know that there's a paywall here. They know that uh, there's a robot text directive on every page behind the paywall, but they're still in there sniffing around anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, how how often is that frustrating for all of us? Right? Like you click through and it's like, oh, I don't want to pay for that thing, right? Like, because there's like eight stories that cover sort of the same, the same subject. I just want this fact. <laughs> like, I don't want something to read a full piece. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying paywalls are a bad idea. Like, I think there's, there's many calls for them, but I, I, I do wish there was like some little like indicator on a click. Well, they're used to, Google used to have a rule that, um, content behind a paywall at a newspaper if it was going to be ranked in google search would be a free click that changed um sometime and actually you know i don't know i don't know what year that changed but that changed I, that, yeah. that used to be the, that used to be the free rule though you try to go there in the new york times you'd get hit with the paywall so you just copy the title into google and boom there's your article yeah um now you got to wait two days and see the cash version <laughs> or get a or get a bloody library card. Um, most, for what it's worth, friends, most libraries have deals with the major publishers, and you can get access to their websites if you use your library card. It's kind of socialist, but it's, but it works. Right. Um, okay, we got time for one more story, um, and unfortunately, I don't have anything in front of me. We we um, burned through them. What do you got? Okay, I'm gonna like the. I've got more for, for after the break, but one that it, it's just a, a couple minute one um, for folks who don't know this, this it's, they, they've been on, they've had a GitHub repo for a while. Um, but just on uh, August 31st um, on the uh, Google AI blog, they pushed out an introduction to it's called Omnimates. Um, now this, this, everybody go, I don't know what that is. And that's, that's fair enough. I didn't know what it was until August 31st either. Um, but it's a, it's a repo that anybody can use um, over on GitHub. That's why I mentioned it's there. So anybody who's interested in machine learning, go have fun. But apparently it's very, very um, intensive on processors because I have a couple friends who've used it. Um, and, but what it basically does is it will pull human beings out. Um, not a picture, but a video. So you can now take a, well, It'll pull objects out, whatever whatever you may define. Um, so there, there's actually some illustrations on there. If you look up Omnimates, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. It's like number one. Well, I think number one is a GitHub repo. So go to like the, the, the blog posts that I think come into number two or number three. Um, they show some images. But basically what this does, that the frightening part for me is we're now moving deep fake technology to like a, a big level forward. Um, where you can literally purge people from video. 
Yeah, and and almost like at this stage, it's not perfect, but almost seamlessly, meaning you could then replace them with somebody else. Like, because it's identifying that person and moving them out. I can't see why the same technology is sort of tricked up a little bit, couldn't then put that exact same person back in somewhere else. Um, and it, we're talking like understanding shadows, understanding everything about what that person does and how they're interacting with the space. Um, and, and, and recreating it. So um, that was just out, uh, out from our, our friends over at Google um, and is probably one of the more frightening things. Um, as a friend of mine who wrote a, a report on it was, was chatting about, it'll be interesting to see right now, it is very processor and GPU intensive to do it. Makes sense. You're running a lot of GPU power, um, but eventually you'll be able to do it on your Android. There's maybe a dumb question. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is a dumb question, but um, what would Google be doing with this technology? Um, I think there's a few functional things that you could do with this technology in a, in a googly way. Um, number one, <laughs> it nope. is um, immediately helping them identify what is in a video. Like part of the technology is having to be able to go, this is a human being, and then and then understand what that human being or that dog or, or whatever that that element is so from that context which might have been where they where they started um i i do think though when you get into um you know sort of the the more aie side um and the virtual reality side that google is looking at like we we know they're they're looking at that as a as a space maybe not as much as you know Facebook is right now uh, from, from that context at least at least functionally but um you know the virtual reality sort of side this is absolutely a brilliant um you know sort of expansion um into something like virtually virtual reality or just augmented reality with your phone um being able to remove and and i'm assuming like the in their illustrations it's removed i'm assuming i can then add right i assume that i could then go here's me in there and that might have been well where this started we saw it at google io a couple of years ago where you could you know and you still can sort of like you know, advertisers can put like a table and then you can put that table in your room, right? With your phone and, and use augmented reality. This is taking it to a, a completely different, uh, different level. Um, but I think with, with some refinement and with some reductions in processing power or some expansion of, of processors um, could, can be very interesting, but also it was frightening when, it, when I sort of thought about the, the ramifications of it. There's some, some frightening things that could be done. Um, and it's just a, a GitHub repo that anybody can get their hands on. Well, I mean, add to this um, growing interest in the VR metaverse um, and the, I mean, I, I saw how fast Facebook took off. Can you imagine when the metaverse is actually, you know, functional and, and perhaps even sensual if, if we have like uh, body suits, something like, like seriously, if you can, if you can insert um, entities in the stream of data, that's very scary. Yeah, but now there are some really like from a marketing standpoint, there are some really interesting elements as well. Um, one of the the samples, and anybody go, I, I recommend go and, and and take a look on their blog. Uh, but one was they just had a car skidding across the the gravel, sort of like just in a, in a race environment. Uh, then they were able to overlay a logo on top of it, and then the car would go over it and actually put the skid marks across this logo as well. So there, there's some sort of like fun things you can do uh, but in their illustrations they are showing that like they have one of them is like you take a video of a person walking their dog and it turns it into a background a person and a dog right like it, it, it's it's not just about now being able to put something into a space or not even just being able to pull somebody out of a space but being able to probably pull somebody out of a space 
and then put them back into a different space. And that's the part that, that concerns me the most um, about, uh, about the growth of this technology. It was inevitable. If it wasn't Google, it was somebody, right? Like this was going to happen. Uh, but we're sort of crossing that, that next um, threshold. And it might be, uh, might be time to have Dan back on from Emerge to talk about what does this mean? Because <laughs> we had him on like a year ago or something to talk about uh, some problems with AI. It uh, might be time to, to pull him back on again and go, okay, what are these kind of enhancements? Uh, mean for the world. In the meantime, I'm going to be cowering under my desk. <laughs> and while I'm doing that, I'm afraid we got to go to commercial here on, uh, on Webcology on WMR.FM. So friends, you are listening on to, you're listening to Webcology recorded live to podcast on the 2nd of September, 2021. On behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. Stick around. we got more after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, Dave, you have a uh, big public service announcement. Yeah, um, this is an interesting one, and people have people have time. But if you are um, doing search, well, like paid paid search campaigns, um, Google is going to be sunsetting expanded text ads. It was kind of saw that one coming, but uh, but they they've kind of given us the date now. Um, so um, beginning on July 2022, so we've got almost a year. Um, advertisers will no longer be able to create them. Um, edit them that that sort of stuff they will keep running now what i don't like about that and i mean i i know why they're doing it and i don't like why they're doing it <laughs> okay <coughs> um pardon me <coughs> one of the things that i don't like about it though is what i have a habit of doing from time to time is i'll run a responsive ad which allows you to have 15 um headlines Four descriptions and I let those run until the cream rises to the top. I then take that cream out, I put it in an expanded, and then I force it to run completely different permutations with each one showing 50-50 or equally to allow me to continue to run some active tests on some new ads um, while at the same time making sure that I am favoring the ones that Google has already found to be winners, right? Because I, but if you, what I have found in responsive is if you go, okay, here's my 15 and here's my four, Google's going to go, these ones are best. And that's it. I've seen campaigns where they're like, these ones are best. And then I look through the assets and I'm like, you didn't even show this headline at all. Like you just didn't show it at all. So that's, that's where I sort of see a problem with this is it's taking a bit of control away from me. And as you know, I'm not a, not a big fan of that, but the writing's on the wall. They gave it to us. So you've got, you can keep using them for a year, but it's, 
you know, time to start phasing out and they'll, I'll, I'll be working on some like sort of workarounds. I've already sort of thought of a few. There's no reason that you can't have a responsive ad with just three um, headlines and two descriptions with them pinned in the order that you want them in. Like there's, there's some little workarounds you can do if you want, but, uh, but I'll, I'll get into that a little more as we, uh, as we head towards that, those final dates. Um, and, uh, and I've done a little more testing with them. Excellent. I'm honestly not sure where to go on that. Except, wh why is Google taking control away from uh, from the hands that really, really feed it? Um, I think in this case there will be some solid overhead on their part to having to keep these things. There'll be some legacy stuff among, um, you know, sort of people who might not be spending as much attention on campaigns like managers who might not be paying as much attention as they should be, right? Like where you'll just sort of like let things run because it's running just fine. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, they just want us to let their machines run the show. And that's just, just, just let their machines run it. They, they think they know what's best. Um, I do wish that they would be a little more transparent in how their machines are doing things. Um, and I do wish they would give us a little more control over the knobs and go, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm content to let you do that, but you have to show every permutation or maybe not every permutation, but you have to show every asset a minimum number of times. Um, and over time, because December is different than July, right? Like does, does that not relegate like, 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 um, people who've acquired some serious skills in, in, in paid marketing and paid search um, basically to salesmen? Ish, yeah. I mean, the thing about responsive is there is a lot of power in them. Like they, they can, there, there are, is still a lot of control that we have over creating different titles, creating different descriptions, segmenting out into different ad groups in certain ways, which was still existed with expanded, but it was a bit more of a pain in the butt um, because now you can sort of go, Okay, I, I'll give an example of where, where responsive actually allows for more creative control. Um, I have one campaign where I've divided it. Each campaign is divided into four campaigns. It's divided into um, men under 45, men over 45, women under 45, women over 45. I have no real preference in how much money is being spent, but I'm letting the responsive figure out. And there are differences in which ads end up working better. Makes perfect sense. I'm running the same copy across all of them, giving all of them the same chance with the copy, but the ones that resonate better with specific demographics, the ones that get better clicks are different, right? Like, which, which makes sense. I'm a 48 year old guy. I, I'm going to respond over in aggregate differently than a 20 year old female might to the, to the same sort of thing, right? And it's just letting that happen and letting me go in and just go, okay, now I know across all my demographics, these four ad or headlines don't work. So pull all four out, move four new ones in. So it gives me a little bit more um, ability to look at creative a little bit differently, um, which I do think is, is, is helpful. Um, and one of the things you can do with responsive as well is called pinning. So I can go, it, it's built for legal reasons, has to be one of my headlines for legal reasons, but I can go, this has to be in position one, two, three, or this has to be in one of the positions. I don't care what position. And you can do that with titles and descriptions. So there's no reason you can go and create a responsive with your three headlines, two descriptions, just like an expanded and go pin, 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 done. <laughs> and just move on. And your entire responsive ad 
is basically just an expanded text ad, right? Like it just, you, you've just put it into the format that they want it in. You may not want to do that. It'd be a lot of work and, and, and wouldn't actually give you the sort of flexibility that you might want, but you could fundamentally make it a lot like um, an expanded text ad um, response now if you, if you wanted to do it. But I'll be doing some additional testing on that. And there is, and I, I can't get into it yet, um, but I am beta testing a new format that's about to come out. I'm actively, the, the campaign kicks off next Monday that I'll be engaging with it. So there are some ones that will shed light um, I think into what they're doing if it ends up accomplishing exactly what I expect it to. Um, so it, you can see the direction they're going and they are forcing humans to do what humans do best and let the machines do what machines do. And I think that is at the core what they're trying to do is go paid search marketers. Yes, you should understand how bid strategies work, but at the end of the day, your job should be to create the compelling copy and landing page experience that people want and let the machines just crunch the numbers and figure out what order these things should be in or what image works best with this headline because machines do that really, really well. Um, but you just figure out what images you think will work for your audience, feed all 15 of them to us, and then we'll help you figure out which one does the best job with with the, with the different headlines and stuff. So, In the near future, if Google needs a, a, a third adorable, adorable but relatable child, or maybe a dog, it can just insert it into the image. We've already established <laughs> that. <laughs> it, it's a, too interesting. That seriously, that's um, like way, way, way too interesting. Um, do you got any other stories that you, that you want you want to introduce? Um, um, yeah, there's there's one that just came up that is is, is close to my heart. I, I thought I'd seen this a couple days ago, but Barry, we almost made it a whole show without mentioning him. So I'm really glad that we covered this because I don't remember us mentioning him in this show. Uh, so Barry Schwartz covered it over on Search Engine Roundtable just yesterday. Um, you will remember it. I remember it. Um, but Google has testing double indented results. So when they have two results from the same website, indenting the second one, sort of like tabbing it below the first one. Now, going back to, and I had to look up when this was, I think it was like 2007 that they Something. pulled this out, but they used to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember when they took it away and thinking that's probably good for click through because you're confusing the user. So I might get two clicks where I would have only gotten one because they knew it was from the same domain, but at the same time, the indent might strengthen my domain, like authority over a topic and, and improve the click through rate in that way. Um, but I, I didn't like it at the time because I did like the Indent, not as an SEO, as a user. I also like this as an SEO. Um, but uh, but so now they're testing that again. So users, what you would see is if there are two URLs from the same domain ranking, um, the first one appearing exactly as it is, and then the next one or two or, or however many links would be below that, um, sort of cascading beneath it, um, you know, just sort of indented by, uh, by a couple of characters. So one thing you can say about that look is it gets a lot of attention. Um, yeah. Like... When you're looking at a regular search engine result page uh, composed of uh, links, maybe maybe referenced to video images or, or ads, um, you know, it's pretty pretty boring and lined up uniformly on the left. Um, when you look at an indented search engine results page, on the other hand, um, the result that has um, multiple references sticks out like huge on the page. 
Well, it, indeed. And what it tells me is, is two things, like as a user, and that's, that's what I'm really concerned about, uh, like is, is the user side of this, of this thing is, I mean, there's an SEO benefit, but that just means write multiple pieces that are relevant to the same term. So basically become a, a, an authority in your, in your niche. But um, the thing that I like about it as a user is, yes, it tells me that there's multiple pages. So my likelihood of satisfying my intent on this site is higher because there are multiple pages, but it also saves me if I click that first one and don't like it it saves me from then accidentally perhaps visiting that same domain if I don't notice it further along and going, okay, I was there, I've exhausted that research path, click the back and then and then move to a completely different domain for, for my next click. Um, it also would allow for the first click to be a little more clear, um, right? Because you can quickly see a few and go, oh, okay, that's not it, that is, okay, write your first Flutter app. Sorry, that's right from the light picture. <laughs> like the screenshot that Barry posted. So that's why it's in there. It's like, it's actually the third result. I would know they all clustered together and go, okay, that's actually the uh, the, the, the one that I want. So I, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, and I, I, I think it's interesting to see them come back some like probably 10, 15 years later and go, oh, that thing we were doing, it was a good idea. Wonder who did that one. Probably somebody who didn't even see it the first time. Well, these days, it will be somebody who wasn't even born when it was out there the first time. Um, it's funny. You see generation after generation of Google engineers come through and like, hey, that's probably a good idea. I wonder if anyone remembers why they canceled it. Um, <laughs> okay, we're almost done. We we're almost on full circle. Really quickly, I just, just saw this come up. If, um, if you're worried about Google changing your titles and stuff and you've done all the stuff you can to, to, to complain about it, um, but you're worried that's going to affect your rankings? Don't. You you were already ranked when Google made the decision to to change the title. Um, that's not the problem. The problem is how it's being presented to potential clients on on the search results pages. Anyway, just want want to. There, there was concern. Um, apparently, there's concern out there. Don't be concerned. But we got to go. We gone all around the clock. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the uh, 2nd of September. Wow. Ooh. 2021. Get outside. Enjoy what's left of summer. And uh, get vaccinated. Please, for God's sake, get vaccinated. Um, we can beat COVID, but it really takes a community effort like every other communicable virus. We've defeated polio and smallpox and diphtheria and all that stuff. We can do that, but you got to do your part. Go get yourself vaccinated. Friends, be safe, rank well, be kind to each other. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission right. of this program without Have proper consent is prohibited.